Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What up? It's the Crossover Pod Friday edition. I'm Howard Beck, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. This week marked the third anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death, um, a moment that still feels shocking and surreal and awful. But as we've done in past years, I think it's a nice opportunity to reflect on what made Kobe, Kobe, uh, the way he inspired and impacted so many lives beyond basketball, and and sometimes in surprising ways. Uh, Would you believe, for instance, that the mama mentality is now a college class? (laughs) It is. And my guest today created and taught that class for the last couple of years. His name is Caleb Mezzi. He's an assistant professor in sport management and industry relations at Newman University in Pennsylvania. This isn't a basketball class he's teaching, of course, or even really about sports specifically. It's about the way that Kobe lived and worked and uh, dedicated himself on and off the court. It's about that phrase, Mamba mentality, which is something you hear invoked all the time now from younger NBA players who were inspired by Kobe and aspire to be like Kobe. Again, not to play like him because most of them cannot, but to follow his lead in terms of the work and the work ethic and the determination to to reach your greatest heights, whatever they may be. And You know, that's a lesson for all of us in whatever we do. And I've heard that over the years from people in so many walks of life who were inspired by Kobe and applied what they saw as the lessons of his life to their own lives and careers. And so that's why Caleb Mezzi is teaching a class on the Mamba mentality. How did he devise the course? What are the main lessons? How is Kobe's career applicable to sport management and business students? Caleb explains all of that. It's a really great conversation and I think just a good way to remember what Kobe meant to so many people as we pass another anniversary. I hope you all enjoy it. My conversation with Caleb Mezzi is coming up next, so stick around. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. Now, please welcome to the podcast, Caleb Mezzi. Caleb, how are you, sir? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Even happier for the reason I'm here. Uh, same. And, you know, it's a bittersweet thing these days when we talk about Kobe, when we talk about Mamba mentality, when we talk about everything relating to Kobe and his life and his career and the the things that we glean, the lessons we draw from his career. It, it's, it's bittersweet, uh, especially this week, of course. We just passed the three-year anniversary 
of the, uh, the the tragic helicopter crash that that took Kobe and his daughter and all the other uh, children and members of that team. Um, a somber occasion, but you know we use this week and this time, this anniversary now to you know it's a, it gives us a new excuse to talk about Kobe Bryant um, again, his life, his career, and the things that came from that. And I, and I want to talk obviously to you about the course that you've taught on the Mamba mentality. Uh, because that is a great manifestation of and, and part of the legacy of of Kobe. But before we get to that, I, I'm just curious when this anniversary comes each year now um, or in a week like this, does it draw your mind right back to Kobe? And and I, I think also, too, just to start off, just to give the listeners a sense of this, too, like your connection, for lack of a better term, to Kobe Bryant and um how that, that that led you to teach a class on him. All of that is, is wrapped into this, but give me a sense of, of just what you're feeling in a week like this as we think about Kobe. Yeah, we can get to some of the stuff like the origin of all this kind of stuff uh, that you're mentioning in the question. But I think what I feel when I reflect on that is, you know, oddly enough, the first thing I think about is where I was when I found out. That's like one of the first things. And I don't want to, you know, put this in the same category as 9-11, but I know a lot of people feel the same way of like, where was I at that moment? Where was I at the moment that I received the news? How I felt, you know, that visceral, horrible reaction, um, you know, wondering if it's true and then feeling like I had to do something. And that's actually kind of what spurred the thought that became, you know, a reality of creating this class. I felt like I had to do something. I felt like this was so sudden. I'm, uh, you know, you know, a person who believes in celebrating life after it's gone. I know that there's a mourning process. I do think that many people are still mourning um, Kobe's death, but I think that he had such a legacy. He had such a, a way about him that that Mamba mentality that needs to be celebrated and really continued through, you know, each and every person in their own special way. When did that first start to resonate for you, Caleb? Like at what point in the course of Kobe's career or your fandom do, do you start to feel like this this affinity, this connection? Like a lot of fans, it's just it's all about, of course, the play. It's about Kobe being this dazzling athlete. Um, and you know, if you're a Laker fan, it's automatic. If you're a fan of some other team across the country, you may have had kind of a love hate thing with Kobe and his career, depending on on how he treated your team, or depending on 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 where you know things stood in the NBA in any given moment. But uh, what what? How did your particular uh, connection as a, as a fan of the game come about with Kobe? And was it about the play or was it about what we now refer to as the Mamba mentality, which is, you know, his work ethic, his, his overall persona? Yeah. So I have, I have to preface it by saying like, I grew up in the Philadelphia area, so not too far from Kobe. Actually, I went to lower Moreland high school. I think this is going to give them some good PR. Um, he went to lower Marion high school. So we were probably about 25 to a half hour away from each other. But, you know, this is pre-social media. The only time I ever heard about Kobe was either through people in like, you know, oh, you play sports, you have to hear about this guy, you like this, you know, basketball player, all this kind of stuff, or the Inquirer. The Inquirer was like a huge thing for for us to read and be like, oh, let's hear about this guy. And the picture that we always see of Kobe with the sunglasses on his head, where he made his, you know, I'm going straight to the pros, that has always been in my mind. And that was, you know, coming into 96, right, probably around this time in in, in 96. And that one thing has always been like, here's this kid. He's a literal kid who has this, you know, aura around him that he can take on adults. Now, I'm not going to get into my story of how I live, live my life, but I've kind of had that stigma about myself. Like, I, I'm like, I'm someone who could go and conquer anything where I'm a, a man, a kid among men or a kid among adults. Um, so I always felt that way about him and realized I haven't talked about his play. I haven't talked about, you know, his excellence on the court. I care about that stuff. But to me, that's second because, you know, that comes and goes. There's injuries. There's, you know, other variables like the team and the players you're around that you can't really control. And it's always great to be compared to Michael Jordan or now, you know, LeBron. But to me, it was the tenacity, the way he went about things. I remember specifically him coming into the league and then, you know, creating – this own song called K-O-B-E with Tyra Banks. <laughs> and like, not that we want to, you know, dwell too much on that, but that kind of memory of Kobe just showed me who he was. Yeah. He was somebody who always wanted to learn, always wanted to try new things. He wasn't just like basketball. Yes, we've seen him do so well in just basketball, 
But, you know, look at his post-life career. And I feel like a lot of my life and his life kind of, you know, stems where you have transitions. We all have transitions, but his transitions, how he battled them, how he really conquered and excelled in every way. Um, that's something that kind of stuck with me. So I gave you the the kind of origin thing, but then the, the duration of the the obsession I had with Kobe. I think, uh, you know, uh, Kobe at some point in the years after KOBE was recorded probably would have liked to take that one back. Yeah, that was that during that time, you know, Shaq had a few albums out. Everybody wanted to try their hand. Athletes all wanted to be rappers, of course. Um, Kobe's tracks, not that well received, as I recall. (laughs) But um, I think that's probably still uh, banging around out there somewhere on the interwebs, right? You could probably still find that somewhere. I don't encourage it necessarily. It's Uh, definitely on YouTube, along with the Brian McKnight song where he had like a verse or so. Yeah. Um, That was an interesting chapter. So, (laughs) uh, you know, Kobe passed away in, in January of 2020. In, I believe, the fall of that year, then you start a class about the Mamba mentality. Um, wh- why teach about the Mamba mentality? How do you teach about the Mamba mentality? And was this something where you had had this in mind anyway, as someone who admired Kobe from afar and, and again, the, the lessons of his life and career? Or does this get catalyzed by the fact that we lost him uh, in such a shocking fashion, obviously that year? There, there's a couple um, things to, to address here. I think in, in answering the question um, one is, you know, it, it's funny to look at Kobe and then think of a college course. This is a guy who not only didn't go to college, but really didn't even need college. He didn't need it to play basketball. He didn't need it to educate. He didn't need it. And I'm a college professor telling you this. So it's funny to be like, oh, we're going to create a class on a guy who didn't even care about college or need it. Um, the other thing was, is I started to listen to podcasts. I started to listen to um, people talk about him. I mean, we've all seen these viral videos that pop up on TikTok or YouTube of Kobe and his expressions and, and these these isms, right? And I thought to myself, one of the biggest problems right now is students aren't prepared to conquer whatever industry they want to go into. I don't care what industry it is. And I, you know, I sit in the school of business and I say, we have students who are coming into college and they're not only prepared for college really, but they're also not prepared for their industry when they, you know, have that, that opportunity, which is usually your senior year. And I said, Kobe would be a great vehicle because everybody, whether you like him or not, you admire his work ethic. And I think students lack work ethic. I think people in general in today's society lack work ethic. And there may, there may be a, a, a misnomer of what work ethic actually means anymore. And I think that Mamba mentality is that conduit to say, you have to take on this mentality and that will improve said work ethic. So that, that would be the answer of how it kind of, you know, came to be. Um, There's a whole process in the academic side, which I could explain if you'd like me to. Um, But in terms of your question of how do you teach a class like this? I had a lot of, I would say backlash or ha kind of moments with people where they were like, Oh, how are you going to teach self-awareness? How are you going to teach curiosity? And I thought to myself, number one, I'm a dad. I'm teaching these things every day, right? Now, you're not going to be like, here's a book. Here's an article on curiosity. Tell me what you talk, like, (laughs) tell me what you thought and like all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you might watch a TED talk and, and what thoughts were sparked from there or what can we do now from this? I think that the dad thing, and I bring this up as I'm wearing a girl dad shirt what it does is it really brings us back to when we were obsessed with things, when we were curious and then took that curiosity to, to feel something, to make an action. And Kobe has lived his life with this inner child. And when he went about that, that's why he always goes back to basketball. You know, we saw in his dear basketball video that he rolls up the socks and he shoots them in the can. That's a child thing. So I think going back to a lot of those roots and we even did some assignments that that kind of detail that that is the answer to how I taught the class I should in fact back up a little here so you're a, a, a teacher a professor by trade anyway before you ever decide to teach about Kobe and and the mama mentality um, so there's a thought process there where you're coming at, at this from an educational perspective. With or without Kobe, right? Like you, you know what uh, students of this this time and place um, 
might need or might be sparked by. Uh, I, so I should back up. Give me give give the listeners a sense of of, of what you teach um, your your field and how that then leads you down this path. Because obviously you saw a connection um, and a relevance here that's really interesting. That that obviously you know no one else had had connected before. Yeah. So I would say you know even. You know, further back before I was in academics, before I got my doctorate, went through that whole um, kind of hazing process that you go through in academic. Um, I, you know, I worked in sports. I worked in sports business, mainly media and marketing. Um, it was one of the things that I understand. You know, Kobe crafting this Mamba and cre- crafting this character that NBA needed. So I'll just kind of leave it at that. And then in the academic setting, <laughs> I taught uh, some business courses, but I was mainly a sport management, sport business teacher at Newman University. And there it was really helping students prepare for a career in sport business. So not only in the classroom, but outside the classroom and being that that conduit between them and the industry. You want to get a job, it's not just about what you learn in the classroom. It's about, you know, what what you're learning it through experience, what you're learning through internships, who you're meeting, who you're networking, that kind of stuff. And then in the business side, because we're in the school of business, that's where sport management resides. We needed to address the same thing where these business students need to get internships. They need to do the same, you know, steps that our sport management students are doing. And what I saw was this is an opportunity to offer this to the entire university, because, you know, if you're a nursing major, athletic training or education or social work, you could take my mama mentality class. And those students did. So it's nice to have a plethora of students from all different majors taking this because they can take this class and take the things out of this class to apply it in their industries. All right. So what are they learning? Like, what is like, it, it's and like, what is a course book or a syllabus for the Mamba mentality look like? Are you drawing on the book that Kobe collaborated on with Andy Bernstein, who I know uh, has been a guest speaker in your class? Uh, full disclosure, I was a guest speaker a couple years ago in your <laughs> class. Um, but, but is, is the, is the coursework like ripped almost <laughs> literally ripped straight from the pages of Kobe's own book? Or are these things that like you observed over time, like, no, the, like, I think these are the lessons of, of Kobe Bryant's career that I think apply. And then what is the conduit? Like, how does that apply to, to these students, uh, you know, aspirations to work in business or sports business or, or wherever it leads? Yeah. So the, let's start with the Andy question. So Andy was pivotal in creating this class because we did base it off of his book. Now, the book reading, and if you've ever read Andy's book, is a light book reading compared to other textbooks in an academic setting, which is, which is I mean that as a positive because it means that they might actually read the book. Um, <laughs> but but I say that because, you know, I actually reached out to Andy. I reached out to Jeannie Mastriano, who I think we could talk about a little bit. Um, it was I think she was 10th grade and 12th grade English or creative writing with Kobe. Yeah. And I said to them, like, am I off my rocker if I'm going to create this class? Am I a good person to do this? This is this is what I'm thinking. Um, I think knowing that Andy's book was a basis kind of comes back to what are the pillars of the mob mentality, right? And Andy always described them as, um, cause he saw them through a lens, right? Passion, obsession, relentlessness, uh, resiliency, and I think being fearless, like, or fearlessness, whatever we want to call it. But like you say those pillars and it's like, how do you do that in a classroom? And I think, I think the ultimate thing is these students need a shot, Like they need a shot just like Kobe did, but Kobe was able to take that shot for himself. So I kind of started the class with this joke of like, who has missed the most shots in history in NBA history. And they're like, well, it has to be Kobe. That's what the class is. And I was like, it's Kobe Bryant, but we don't talk about the missed shots. So what I want them to do is they need a shot and they need to take shots, right? Everybody wants to say, I'm shooting my shot. I'm sliding in DMS, all these kind of jokes (laughs) that the college student says, but like, are you doing it for your own good? Are you doing it for your profession and the industry and the career you want to get into? So when you start to think about that, that's the problem I'm trying to solve as a professor. And then let's build a curriculum around that. So my interpretation of those pillars in the academic setting in terms of what I can teach them was more about like, how does the student position themselves? Right. Kobe went through so many positionings for himself. I'm a high school player. I want to go to the pros. How do I position myself? Right. I might not be the number one pick. He wasn't right. I might not go to L.A. He's lucky he went to L.A. because he was originally drafted by the Hornets. And then once I'm here, now I have to sit on the bench. Right. So I have to position myself in different ways to get to ultimately where I want to be. Then we talk about the jazz game, right? Like the jazz game where you airball two shots. Now how do you position yourself for an off season? You have to work on your legs. 
to get ready. So he's always positioning himself. And I think students had to do the same thing. What is my identity? Who am I? What's my story? How do I look at my past, my present? So the past would be like the Italy for Kobe, the the Sunny Hill uh, basketball league where he had zero points. Like, how do you look at your past and then your present currently where you are and project your future where you want to be? And then that all stems from curiosity. So to me, curiosity is from the the bridge from passion to obsession. You have to be curious about something and then you have to be creative. How are you going to go about these things? The way Kobe went about his career on and off the court, like we joked about the Tyra Banks uh, K-O-B-E song, but that's creative. I mean, Damian Lillard's doing that all, all the time now. Like he has mm-hmm. an entire album and he's actually pretty good, right? But like that creative process of going about this, you know, Kobe was known for looking at posters of players and like how they position, how their muscles our Twitch and all that kind of stuff to, to learn about it from that way. How can our students do the same thing for their own industry? I think once you do curiosity, creativity, we get into Kobe post MBA, which is storytelling. Storytelling is huge. I know that's, you know, pretty much your career, right? So you could appreciate that, but how do you, you know, look at that? And then how do you look internally at yourself? Kobe was a master at looking internally and saying, I'm not as good as I want to be. Now, what do I do to get to where I want to be? If we all had that self-reflection and we're able to kind of build out a plan, which is what I student I have my students do in this class, called the GOAT paper, goals, objectives, tactics, evaluations. How do you build that out? What is your 4 a.m.? How do you make that 4 a.m. work for yourself? And then lastly, who can you help at the end? At the end of Kobe's career, we saw him, you know, have such a good relationship with guys like Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom, and you know, had these conversations with like a guy like Lamar Odom who said, like, I need you. Do you even need me? And Kobe's like, what are you talking about? Of course I need you. You're on my team. He never understood that, you know, camaraderie. And then look at all the stuff that he did to the guys who are still in, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie. I mean, helping all these guys, LeBron, helping all these guys to mentor them because they needed his leadership. They needed his guidance. So I think those are the pillars of the class that, that they were kind of baked in. And then we had assignments. So if you want me to go into the assignments, I can. Um, but I, I don't I don't know if you... If you're ready to hear those yet, or you have questions, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let's let's put a pin in that. We'll come back to the assignments. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are the students who take this class, are they 
NBA fans by and large? Are they Kobe fans by and large? Are they attracted to the class just out of curiosity? Um, like, I'm, I'm curious, like how much the, the NBA fandom or Kobe fandom was a, a like a unofficial prerequisite for this. Um, because the, again, the concepts, the lessons can be universal. You've just articulated some of those very well. Uh, but I feel like, you know, if I'm a student, yeah, the first thing I'm going to see is like, oh, cool. Like I, I get to go, you know, sit, sit for an hour and just talk about Kobe once a week or something. Right. Like there's, there's an aspect of it where I think it would obviously appeal to the basketball fans. So are they coming in with that? Or are they coming in just as sports management students who think this seems like something valuable for me? I would say if I had to answer that, they had some kind of athletic interest, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that's a weird, you know, term, but maybe they play sports at Newman. Uh, maybe they used to play sports, whether it was basketball or something else, and they got hurt and they wanted to kind of, how do, how do I get that out, out of me again? There were definitely some students, and I think I probably jokingly said this to you, uh, but I'm known for um, when syllabus week comes and we roll out the syllabus, people just start dropping my course. So I'm, I'm known to lose a few um, in the first week. And I think that was because they thought it would be like the history of Kobe, right? And that's, I'm not a history teacher, right? It doesn't apply here. Um, or they thought we would talk about his, his on the court stuff. Like, let's talk about, you know, how he had 81 points or how he did this against that player. And like, that that's not what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's why, that's actually one of the reasons I wanted to get away from the sport management area and focus on the business students, right? Because we're talking about the business of Kobe. And that was kind of me breaking down the barrier of saying like, you got to check your fandom at the door, but like you can appreciate his greatness here in this class. Yeah, so it, 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 they didn't need to be, and a lot of them probably weren't necessarily Kobe fans or NBA fans. And, and if they understood the course, which apparently the ones who had to drop it after they received the syllabus did not completely understand, uh, if they understood it, they understood that this, this is really about um, how to build a career or how to build habits, right? And like push the, yourself and challenge, yeah. like take on a challenge. Yeah. So which of those resonated most with your students uh, so far, and the, the, you've, you've taught the class a couple of times over the last couple of years, um, which aspects of, of the, the, you know, the mambaness um, have you think resonated most, were most relatable? Um, just, yeah, just the ones that, that, you know, students gravitated to the easiest or I guess found most applicable to their own lives. Because if part of the interesting aspect of this, right, is that what Kobe does, none of us can actually relate to right? None of us can relate to that level. The vast majority of us cannot relate to that level of athleticism, of talent, of fame, of wealth, um, of everything that goes with it. But one of the things I've always tried to remind people of in all the years that I've been covering the NBA and including the seven years, and because of the seven years that I covered the Lakers um, during Kobe's time, is that, you know, we use this term talent a lot, my, we do this in my business all the time. Everybody who talks about sports, we talk about talent. All, oh, this guy's so talented. He's so gifted. We say these things as if there's some kind of inherent uh, thing that you were just born with, you know, you know, a, a, a God-given talent. And the fact is, like, there's a, there's a certain percentage of it that I'm sure, you know, uh, physiologists and others could probably say, yes, this guy had this, uh, you know, level of, of athleticism that you, the average person, does not have. They're this far beyond the mean. But Kobe, the thing that I learned most about him in the seven years I covered him, and I believe this applies to most of the greats in the in the NBA, probably in other sports, it's 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 how dedicated to the craft he was, right? Yes. It's not quote unquote talent. It's not quote unquote that he was gifted. I've pointed out at times and, and reminded people too that it was said that Kobe had smaller than average hands for a guy his size. So he couldn't palm the ball as well. He couldn't dunk in the same way that Jordan did because he did not have that same grip. And so he didn't, I, I've, I've said, I've written this too. He didn't jump as high as Vince Carter. He wasn't as long or as tall as Tracy McGrady. There are other guys who had more quote unquote talent or physical gifts than he did. Why Kobe outpaced, outlasted, outdid them all, beat them all, won more titles than so many of, of his peers in his era is because he was obsessive about the game. And so that's the part, uh, to lead back to to your class and the and the and the the lessons that your students could learn, that to, to me is what's relatable. Is that it, it's it's not about all the other aspects of of Kobe's career, the fame, the wealth, everything else, or even about talents. 
It's it's about that. Um, do, do people find that accessible? That like, yeah, if Kobe can get up at 4 a.m. every day, if Kobe can watch three hours of film every day, if Kobe can learn a new move every off season, yeah. it, like, is that is that the bridge to their <laughs> lives and, and courses and, and, and careers? So I think I think the hardest part is that a course is usually 15 weeks, right? And Kobe's like you said manifestation, his mentality was never 15 weeks, right? It was a lifestyle and he adopted that. Two words that came to mind when you were talking is discipline and consistency, right? Like that's what these students need. They need discipline, right? Everybody needs discipline. The hardest part is are you going to be consistent when this class is over? Right. And that's why I ended with the goat paper, because you're kind of setting yourself up for a plan. And this is a plan that you hold yourself accountable to. If Kobe took off at 4 a.m., he's really maybe him and the trainer that he's training with are the only people who know about it. Right. But like he's still going to get back up the next day. Right. And he knows how to hold himself accountable. So I think when you put discipline and consistency together, you have that accountability factor. And that's what we're trying to build over the course, the course of these um, 15 weeks. And I think. A lot of what students were engaged with was, yes, there's a lot of work to be done in this class, but there were certain things like we had weekly journals, right? We had weekly discussions. Every Friday, we would have a discussion based off of the content. That weekly discussion was open-ended. I mean, we're talking about all different things. We were talking about race at some times. We we're talking about, you know, ethnicity, where you come from. We we're talking about family, like divorce and dealing with that kind of stuff. And some people were getting upset, right? But like, we are human. You know, there's emotions tied into it. And I think that weekly structure is something that people can kind of use as a framework for their life. How do I build out this, right? Think about this. When Kobe left the NBA, there's no more practices. He doesn't have to do 4 a.m.s, but he had to build that framework out for himself. When students leave college, whether they play a sport or also work, there's no more classes unless you take your own class or make your own class. So you have to figure out how to be disciplined to build out your own framework for life. And that's kind of what that paper, I keep going back to that paper, but that, but it sets up for them. So I would say that's a big thing for them. The students taking out some kind of framework that they can apply this to life. Now, I had a lot of seniors taking this as an elective, so that might be why they took so much and it was more applicable to them. But I think that kind of terms answers your questions. I think the other thing was, is how to have fun again. Like there was never a time where Kobe woke up at 4 a.m. It was like, oh my God, I have to uh, do my taxes. Right. Like that's not fun. No offense to any CPAs listening, but it's not fun. Like he's playing basketball. And I think he knew that it all came back to that childhood thing. So we actually did this assignment. It was a storytelling presentation where I partnered up with a local school and we told stories. Yes, it was through Zoom to uh, kindergartners, first graders, five or six year olds. And we told them stories over it. Now, you talk to a student. I'm like, you're 18, you're 21, you're going to tell a story to a five-year-old. They're like, oh, yeah, I got this. I'm cool. I got this. And then they get nervous coming up to it because, like, I don't know the last time I spoke to a five- or six-year-old. <laughs> and they're telling stories about this. But that's an assignment I stole from Kobe's life because that was in Jeannie Mastriano's class. He he went up and he was like, I'm in an auditorium. I'm telling, you know, stories. So I think it was first graders. And how do I bond with these people? So he flops on the ground because he's six foot six probably at that time. And they all jump on top of him and it tells this story. And the story was like uh, about how he wasn't cleaning his room and then he was throwing clothes under the bed because he was just trying to clean it like his mom told him to. And it turned into a monster. And then it scared the kids. And like, I don't know if this part is true because I've heard different variations of the story that uh, the teacher was getting letters that said, I don't know what happened in class last week, but my kid's room has never been cleaner. So I think those, <laughs> those kind of things coming back to childhood and then building out that framework for you and your life to accomplish those goals that you have is really what was most applicable for a college student. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And somehow I don't think I had heard that particular story about Kobe from his high school days. I, I must have said, I mean, it, it was probably in Sielski's book and I probably just forgot about it, but like that it's, um, that's, that's phenomenal. But it, 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 it again speaks to like, Kobe's creativity and his adaptability, right? Um, kind of on the fly. Even, and that's during his teenage years. Yep. And, you know, look, it wasn't always that way. There are plenty of times in his career, of course, as we know, where he's got blinders on and was too headstrong and was was alienating teammates, was alienating people. Around. Like he had to work through a lot of stuff, but it was, I think, his ability to course correct, you know, sometimes a little belatedly, <laughs> but his ability to course correct and, and figure out new pathways forward. And, you know, even... 
2004, uh, the last year that I covered them as a daily beat writer, that's when, you know, they lose to the Pistons, the, the Lakers break up, they ship out Shaq to Miami. It's just the Kobe show now. He goes through a couple of really rough years where they don't have enough talent around him. And he doesn't, I don't think, really know how to lead at that time either. He really wanted that opportunity. You know, the, again, the boldness of Kobe is, I don't need Shaq. The boldness right. of Kobe is, I, I, it's my time to lead. It's my time to lead, not just in scoring or shots, but as the, uh, the, the spiritual leader of this locker room. But he didn't really know how to do it. And he had taken certain lessons from Michael Jordan over the years. But the way he applied it at times, you know, didn't didn't exactly wasn't exactly effective. And then it you know, obviously takes a few years, takes him losing, takes him having a meltdown and wanting to be traded. The Lakers decline that, um, and then they get Pau Gasol the next year, and boom, you know, it's a whole new era again. Now it's it's Kobe as you know a guy who could bring in Pau and Odom and Andrew Bynum into the fold and and help forge a team that can win a couple more championships which elevates him to a different level, but he had to find his way there. So there's the resiliency and the adaptability. Um, are you citing those things from his career yeah. specifically in class? 100%. I mean, we either have, you know, there's a video where he talks about Powell. There's a video where Powell talks about Kobe. Um, we cite those kind of things. I, I mentioned the Lamar Odom thing. That's like another example of kind of what you're talking about. Uh, there's interviews with Shaq, about Shaq, and those kind of things. We talk about that. We even talk about, this is actually probably from some of the guest speakers too, the bad part about the Mamba mentality, like the isolation like you're talking about, like being alone. You know, it's not everybody's going to be your friend. You're going to lose some friends because you don't go out and party on a Friday night because you want to work out on Saturday. Like you're not going to have that social element of life. Are you willing to sacrifice that? Those kind of, you know, questions and, and ponderings in life. Because that's what life is, is like we make these sacrifices because of our discipline, the structure that we build for ourselves. So I would say yes. Uh, we also do it from, you know, different areas. So like there were books that Kobe loved and we brought that in. Like, why did he love that? Why did he care about this book? Um, there were certain things that he looked at, especially especially like in his, you know, you know, post NBA life of, of what he took inspiration from. Uh, we, we bring that stuff in. But I think that ultimately, like, the relationship that he had with players, the relationship that he had with players on his team. But then also, you know, we saw the the dream team documentary, like that kind of stuff and how dedicated he was to his craft and, and what people saw and said, you know, that's Kobe. Like, that's how he is. Like we do. We talk about that stuff and we say, is this bad? Is this good? What do you think about this? How do you take this into your own life? And, and really every person, and this is the beautiful thing about the mama mentality has a choice every day to get 1% better. And that's the pursuit of, you know, greatness and getting better. Is there one particular aspect, one particular lesson, one particular phrase even associated with Kobe and the Mamba mentality, as we call it, um, that that kind of most connects with your students? Like what's the one that that really, like everybody kind of really sits up and, and, and locks in um, and, and related to that, I'm, I'm wondering, like, to the extent that, you know, obviously they have assignments and papers and all these things. I'm curious, like, if there's like, if, you, if you've got a, a memorable example of how somebody applied it and said, yeah, in fact, you know, I'm going for this internship or I'm doing this. Like, I'm curious about how, how the, 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 the actual application of it has taken place. Oh, that's, that's, uh, it's an interesting question. Cause I, I have a bias, right? Like I love the, you know, it, if you're lazy, we don't speak the same language. So I love that. And I would use that like routinely, but we, we, we kind of got to a point in some of the classes. It was like, Oh, I'm thinking about doing this for my career. I want to apply for this job. I want to reach out to this person. I, I want to go shadow this or go to this networking event, whatever it may be. And a lot of times like, what would Kobe do? Right. So that doesn't answer really your question, but I think that was kind of like, we're in this class, we're in this together, like go apply what we're talking about in, in real life. So I, I don't know if that kind of like answers the part there, but I think that having, so we had this triple C thing and it was talking about like making calls and reaching out to people that goes back to the shots, like knowing Kobe's mantra of just keep taking shots. Shooters are going to shoot, go take a shot. If you miss, if you airball it, you go back and do more work that kind of, and that's not a Kobe ism or a Kobe quote, but that's a Kobe lifestyle yes. that that was the most applicable thing. You know, people would reach out to someone on LinkedIn or they would reach out to someone via email or give them a call and they wouldn't answer them, right? Or they would say, no, not right now. I don't have any jobs, right? 
or I, no, I can't take on anyone or I don't want to talk to you, whatever it may be. And it's like, go be resilient, go find the next person. And it's such a, a, a small thing to the average adult, but like we have to build the self-confidence to continue to shoot so that you can, you know, get what you want. And really all you need is one. I mean, Kobe didn't need one. He wanted way more, but I'm saying all you need is really one chance to build a career. You never actually made your students get up at like 4 a.m. to do an assignment, did you? No, but when they weren't on time or they were late or something like that, I would say like, what are you doing? You know, Kobe used to wake up at 4 a.m. It would have been funny to have this class at 4 a.m. It would be, it, it would be sparsely attended, I fear, yeah. uh, or or everybody would be half asleep. Um, that that I mean, it would certainly weed out all the people who are not fit for the Mamba mentality, I guess. But, um, you know. That's my, true. We my, never really did physical workouts either. More, <laughs> me- more mental workouts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I assume you've heard from students since this. Uh, it hasn't been that much time, but anything where you've heard from somebody, they said, uh, "This is where I am now," and and here here's here's you know the, here's the piece of your class that helped get me there. Like this, like it's it's fun because like you know, um, you know, I, I've heard from people over the years who were inspired by Kobe in a number of ways in other fields, right? They're almost none of them are athletes, and and it's interesting too. Of course, covering the NBA, how many times current NBA players do cite him, and sometimes it's it, like people will people will look at it a little askew because it'll be like Christian Wood, who's had a little bit of a bumpy career, but has waxed poetic about how Kobe was such a big inspiration for him. James Weissman of the Warriors, who's obviously yeah. it's it's been a, a struggle for him so far, but the, I did a feature on him in the fall, and he, you know, again, th- these are always unsolicited. I'm not asking for Kobe references, Kobe lessons. But when I ask Weissman about the persistence he's needed to have through injuries and all the difficulties of his early career so far with the Warriors, and he immediately starts telling me, you know, there's this Kobe video where he's talking about, and he starts citing all this stuff. And he starts and talking about reading Phil Jackson's books because, in part because of, of the Kobe connection. Um, but then, I, you know, I think it was... I think it was the day Kobe died, if I'm remembering correctly, where I heard from a friend who worked in politics who had texted me saying, you know, Kobe's part of the reason I am where I am in my job in politics, because 
I, I believe in the way he, he dedicates himself. And when I'm having a tough time getting through the day or, you know, whatever's right in front of me or the next opportunity, he's, he's thinking about Kobe. He's thinking about the mom of the town yeah. and going like, all right, you know, it is that what would Kobe do thing. Right. And so, um, anyway, it, students who you've had any, anything yeah. since. So two things. What, one is the way you're talking about it and the way I actually thought about this as I'm writing the class, I was like, this sounds like Jesus. Like, this sounds like a religion where you're following this person that you no longer see. Right. And you're, you're saying it like the, what would Kobe do? Like what would Jesus do? And yeah. it seems like that, especially when you're talking about the players who are referencing it. Um, and it's almost mythical. It but is. I, I think that the beauty here is that you're able to take a piece of his legacy and his life into yours. So I, to answer your question with the students, I have one student. Um, if she's listening to this, which she probably will, um, she'll know I'm talking about her, but she was going through a tough time when she started taking the class. And the first time we ever, you know, spoke, she was definitely emotional. And she was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm a senior. I'm about to graduate. I need a job. And if you've ever been in college and you have parents, you know, that pressure, especially as Thanksgiving comes along, <laughs> what are you doing? Right? Like, what are you doing after college? Mm -hmm. And I was like, we're going to get through this. We're going to use this class as like kind of like a case study. And by the end of the class, actually when her December graduation was, she had two job offers. So like that right there is, is the championship, right? That right there is the trophy. And I think that I, st I mean, I, I definitely still talk to this person, but she, she is one of those people, and I say this as a positive, who shares motivational quotes, um, you know, looks for inspiration in things. And this class was another, you know, kind of Kickstarter for her. So I think talking to her, seeing how her career has developed and, and you know, we're going to have bad days at work, we're going to have good days at work, but we're going to still work. And I think doing that will help her in her career. There's other people. I mean, there's still some students that are, you know, at the university who I see like in the halls and they'll talk. You know, one is on the basketball team at Newman and said that was the best class. And, you know, he's been in other classes and I've never seen him more engaged. So so I know that he took a lot out of that class. But he was like, it was the first time I was able to be myself and understand I could relate to the material. I think that's a huge part. You know, us as academics are too stuffy, whether we're stuck, stuck in our research, stuck in our expertise in whatever subject matter. But like, let's relate to these students. Let's break down that barrier. So I think that that student, you know, and I found out a lot of things about his life that I had no idea. Um, another student who I actually talked to a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week or two ago, was like, because I was able to reach out to people and, you know, use this course as an excuse and permission, really like an invite to go reach out to people. I was curious. I, I didn't know if I wanted to be a chiropractor or a physical therapist or all these different things. She started to talk to people. She started to say like, hey, I'm going to hop on a phone and talk to a chiropractor, go to their office and, you know, shadow them and see what they're doing. Then she chooses a career path. College would be a lot easier if we did that stuff either pre-college, right? And Kobe was doing this after his career. He was calling people like Oprah. Hey, Oprah, I want, I want to do something in entertainment. What does that look like for me? And I always said to the students, I always said, look, it's easy to just say I'm Kobe. You don't even have to say Bryant at the end. They know who you are. You're not going to have that advantage, but you can have that advantage in that industry if you start to carve out a niche for yourself and really an expertise that you have. That's what Kobe did. So I think that answers your question in terms of like how it's being carried on um, with the students. But there were some things that they created in terms of like, you know, this was the assignment and this was the deliverable that I wanted them to create that still kind of gets surfaced over time, whether it's, you know, in their portfolio or in their, you know, post career, you know, post uh, college academic career into their now existing professional career. I said earlier in, in the pod, uh, you started to refer to the, to the syllabus and I said, we'll put a pin in that. And I often will say that. And then I forget for the rest of the podcast to come back to the thing that I put the virtual pin in. So I'm going to actually remember it this time. Um, so give me a little sense of, of the syllabus, give the listeners a sense of, of, of what the, the course works, uh, looks like. Well, I think I, I played with the pin a little bit because we, we did, we talked about, we, the, we hit we on it. Yeah. We, the discussion, the journals, the storytelling presentation, but the triple C assignment was something, and I don't even understand how I came up with triple C, but it was calls, conversation, and connections. Uh, originally, this is you know pre-pandemic when I wrote the course, it was going to be um, like like chat, like going and getting coffee with somebody, and we were going to do some kind of thing like that. But then the pandemic, you know, killed that uh, entire world of going to coffee shops and meeting with people. So calls was like making calls, like. Finding the person to make a call, that's your curiosity. And then 
the conversation is being the creative part. How am I going to make this work for me? How am I going to use these conversations, um, this this new person that I'm talking to, to help me in my career? Or maybe even just to learn from. Maybe they act as a mentor. Maybe they refer me to other people, whatever it may be. And ultimately, what connection am I going to get from this that's going to launch my career? So it's like playing on the, the triple C, but we also have curiosity, which was one of the pillars, create creativity and career. And then we talked about the GOAT paper. But the last thing, the one we didn't talk about was, and this was this was actually the one that the students took a lot, um, took a lot of time to create. And then it had a lot of fun with in, in after the class, sharing this on Instagram, sharing this with their friends as they graduated. I think a lot of them used it as like almost like a send off, like this was my college career, but it was called Dear Fill in the Blank video, which is, you know, the Dear Basketball video. I said, write your own. Mm. Like Kobe loved basketball. I even told some of them, I was like, don't do basketball. Like, that's just easy. That's lazy. Um, do your own. And it can be something like Dear Running or like, dear the piano and some of the the assignments the the videos that we got number one i didn't know that kids were this talented with video and number two they were sharing things like you know my parents went through this i lost my sister this happened and soccer was my thing and this is why it was or i'm gonna really miss it so we had some fun with it um you really get to know people and the best part was after they shared it that there's a vulnerability to that and then the students were like, you know, I really liked how you did this. This was really nice. I'm really glad you share this. So I think that the students had this kind of sense of community because they were able to be vulnerable with each other and share it. And this is obviously during the pandemic. Yeah. No, that's amazing. That sounds like a really fantastic assignment. Um, I, I think just just seeing those videos must have been, the, you know, all the gratification for teaching this course that you need, right? Because there's, there's there's so much packed into that. Um, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. Um I know you had guest speakers who, you know, again, including Andy Bernstein, of course, the the great uh, Hall of Fame, in fact, NBA photographer who collaborated with Kobe on the Mamba Mentality book. And there have been others, writers like me. Um, Andy was much, obviously, much, much closer to, to, to Kobe. And I know you've talked to, you mentioned a couple of times, uh, Jeannie Mastriano, his, his uh, English teacher from high school. Anybody that you... Anybody else that you've encountered while while you were researching the class or teaching the class, or then people from Kobe's orbit who found out about it and and, and reached out? I'm, I, I, does Vanessa Bryant is she aware of of the course? Anybody else who had been in Kobe's orbit who you've uh, you know perhaps heard from who you know maybe appreciated that that this is being uh, taught as as, uh, as as life lessons? Yeah, so Andy was you know was pivotal, and I think he would actually be the first to tell you that he knows Kobe, but he knows eighteen. 18- plus Kobe, right? Like he doesn't know Kobe pre 18, which is why Sealski's book and Andy's book are like, if you put them together, it's kind of like, you know, a, a long story. Um, Andy, I hope I, it's okay saying this. Uh, Andy still talks to Vanessa. So I, I would hope that he floated this her way. There's never a good time to talk about it. I'm being no. just completely candid. Um, but I have mentioned to Andy, I would love to, you know, bring this into the, the Mamba Sita, Mamba and Mamba Sita foundation. And if I can help people, by teaching this class and, you know, proceeds go there, like by all means, I, that I would be, I'd be so happy to do that. But I think to answer your question, uh, Darren Ravel was someone, you know, who I've been close with for years, almost a decade, I think now. And he has interesting Kobe stories. Plus he has a way to tell a story that uh, not a lot of people have. So he, he was, he spoke one uh, semester, but I, I would say actually, if I had to pick one of the bigger ones, um, Doug Young, so Doug was the cat. I think I'm right. The captain of the lower Marion team when Kobe walked in the gym and simply says like Kobe walked in, I was no longer the captain, but he was very <laughs> close with Kobe helped, helped him on like the PR media side actually has a really good story with him and with Kobe, David Stern and Doug, because Doug was working with the NBA and uh, David Stern did one of his, I guess you would call it passive aggressive moves where he was like, Doug, I have to meet with you in the office. And he's like, why am I meeting with the commissioner? And then Kobe walked in and he was just like, all right, Doug, you're going to convince Kobe to be in the dunk contest. Um, <laughs> and then just kind of like left it up there. But Doug had stories and still knows things, obviously, to this day that are you. I mean, he, he if he wanted to write his own book, he could. Um, it's just so amazing of what he knows and what he you know witnessed um, in the greatness of Kobe. So I think every guest speaker has a different slice and experience with with Kobe. Um, Jeannie Mastrano, Doug even Sealski can tell you about Kobe pre-NBA. And that's needed in this class because these kids are pre-NBA. You know what I mean? Um, and then Andy 
you yourself. Um, I, th- I think I had uh, Brad. Yeah, I had Brad Turner speak. They could tell you about NBA Kobe. Another interesting one um, was Wesley King. Wesley King wrote books with Kobe, uh, and we talked more about that. So when we talk about the create creativity and the storytelling piece, he talked about how Kobe went through that. And it's nice to know that Kobe wasn't just, you know, in need of a ghostwriter. Like he was like, I actually want to be in this process. I want to be involved. So hearing from him, um, I think he was also like on a boat somewhere. So it was a really cool experience, but it's just, you know, you hear about these kind of things and it's really cool. Jeremy treatment was another one. Jeremy was able to kind of give the lens of like what high school Kobe was and what he experienced from the, the media and the coaching aspect. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Trittman being, of course, one of the coaches uh, at Lower Marion. Yes. Um, need to wrap, but um, is there, what? what is, I, I know that the course at the moment is is sort of in limbo. Um, where do you want to kind of take the, the Mamba mentality from here? Is it definitely going to return to the classroom? Is there, is there more to, to, to build on here? Like, what are your, what are your hopes for, uh, you know, what, what else this, this class can become? And, and, you know, uh, you know, obviously, um, yeah. Where, where, where does it go from here? Yeah. And I appreciate this question. I really do. So thank you for asking it. Uh, it's something that I would like to live online, meaning like I would love to open this up, whether it's through myself and a consultancy that I have where I help athletes transition from retirement to, you know, post, you know, life, whatever they're going to do, or go through some kind of university and keep it online so that it's open to people. If they wanted to join or wanted to create a cohort of like, you know, 12 to 15 students and go through it. I mean, hearing what you're saying about like, you know, James Wiseman and Christian and like all these people who are athletes right now who could probably use a class to get their mind off this current sport that they're playing, you know, this addresses mental health, but also is a personal interest that they have. I would love to get like those kind of people into a classroom. So uh, you know, something like the G League or any minor league sport, I think, could use and, and take a lot out of this. Again, it goes back to, you know, these assignments and the childhood curiosity and the creativity that are the, the bread and butter of the pillars of the model mentality. But offering it to athletes is, is a different breed. I think the average person could obviously take this class. But we talked about the discipline, the consistency, the need to put in the work. Um, so I wouldn't say like the average business person who has, you know, kids and a life of their own would be open to this. Um, and I mentioned before the the tie-in with Vanessa and the foundation, if that was an opportunity to kind of give back and part of the legacy, have all the content, the classes created, the framework is there. And, I, and I'm definitely ready to go. And I think this is an opportunity because in the educational sense, we could all use a little bit of the model mentality in our life. Well said. Um, I agree with all that. I, I I think there's so much great potential there. And listen, in a week like this, again, yeah. you know, it's it's a somber time, a somber week of, of remembering Kobe. There's people will all remember Kobe um, as this anniversary passes each year in their own way. And it may be more the the emotional side of it. It may be just remembering the, the greatness of him on the court, the basketball side. Um, I, I like this as a way to remember him and honor him in in that you know there 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 are these life lessons and it's it is it is fun in my job um, having covered him very early in my career and at the beginning of my NBA writing career to 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 come across these players who are less than half my age now and who <laughs> did not some of them didn't really see Kobe play that much or didn't see him in his prime or maybe if, you know we're getting to the point where they probably watched him more on on YouTube or NBA TV you know classic games or something than they would have live but to hear them drawing on those lessons, some of which I, you know, or, or moments that I witnessed firsthand and wrote about firsthand, like it's just, it's just really uh, fun and interesting. And again, like I, of all the ways we can remember Kobe as this anniversary passes each year, I think the the, the lessons that guided his life or the way in which he applied himself, conducted himself, the, the, the diligence, the work ethic, all that, like, I think those are the things that are most, I don't want to say most important. They are among the most important things to, to, to think about because, uh, th- those things are universal and they're applicable to everybody, uh, including, of course, uh, students in Caleb Mezzi's class uh, whenever it may resume. So, um, Caleb, thank you for uh, sharing all that and spending the time today. Really appreciate it and uh, look forward to whatever uh, comes next for the Mamba Mentality. Howard, thank you very much. I can't thank you enough. This was awesome and I'm really happy that I could share kind of what we went through in the class, but also continue that Mamba Mentality. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, that's it for today's show. My thanks again to Caleb Mezzi. Thanks to our producer, Shelby Royston. Thank you all for listening. 
Remember, you can hear Chris Mannix and me every Tuesday on The Crossover with all the latest NBA chatter. And on Fridays, it's me and a guest. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. And hit me with all your feedback on Twitter, at Howard Beck. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.